0: Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash booklaunch. Today on the Podcast Review Show, we're looking at swimming in the flood.
1: Welcome to the Podcast Review Show, hosted by radio veteran Eric K. Johnson from PodcastTalentCoach.com and Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. Dave and Eric help you identify those things you are doing right, so you can do more of those and lose those things that don't deliver value to your audience. Join in on the conversation at podcastreviewshow.com. Welcome to the Podcast Review Show.
0: I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, and down there's Eric K. Johnson from podcasttalentcoach.com. Eric, who do we have tonight? Dave, we are joined today by
2: Trent Theru of Swimming in the Flood podcast. Trent, thanks for being here, bud. I am
1: so happy to join you, gentlemen.
0: When did you decide, I want to be a podcaster?
1: I think out of the womb. I just <laughs> didn't know about the technology at the time. <laughs> I started just at the beginning of 2019. I was originally thinking it was going to be something more of a, a video, a live, a Facebook live or something like that. I wanted to be able to expand a little bit of the message that I was looking to deliver and podcasting was uh, the perfect format for it.
0: Yeah, you've got a great story. You have to go to us. We'll talk about your website later, but you're just give us the can you give us like a minute version of your your story? Because you, I, I met Trent in Boston, and he just kind of just blurted it aside. And I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> you did what? Yeah."
1: Well, very shortly, I was uh, 15 years ago. I was paralyzed in an accident. I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. Obviously, I couldn't walk, and I was lying in the hospital bed, wondering how I was going to live my life. And and what's unique about a spinal cord injury is that in one second, your life changes, and everything you knew is past. And it takes more than, you know, to start again. And so being here and speaking about resiliency, and I do walk now. And in fact, maybe we'll talk as part of the swim in the flood. I've done more in my life than just walk. But that's kind of one of the reasons that I look to share my message and, and use podcasting as a forum for it. How did you recover and learn how to walk from that accident?
2: Because when I watched it on the website, if I remember correctly, like you got hit by a boat propeller and kind of tore up the side of your body back uh, into your into those muscles and then into your spinal cord there, which sounds drastic. How do you go from that to walking again?
1: It, well, it was uh, very traumatic. It, the the propeller severed all the major muscles on the left side of my back, carved out five pieces of my spine, but it didn't cut into my cord at all. Oh, wow. Grace of God is the only way to describe that. Right. And so because it skipped that, what the paralysis became was more just the trauma of the event. And it caused a constriction within my spinal column as a protective measure. So it was about a week that I had no I couldn't walk and no sensation until that first morning when the doctor came and squeezed my toe and I said, I felt something there. And everybody's in the room's eyes lit up because that was like great, and it wasn't because they were serving a good breakfast because they really weren't good, but we were excited <laughs> and and then it was about a year of of rehabilitation with convalescing to to get back to the new normal that I have now
2: as you were going through that week, did you come to the acceptance that you would never walk again
1: part of me part of me did, and so when I was lying in the hospital bed, and I would say i was I was certainly crying in the hospital when you have a traumatic event they give you morphine and it's not uh, as a to use for pain because you're playing stuff in your in your body for pain it's meant to use for anxiety so like when the doctor comes in and squeezes your toe and you can't feel it right or like when your mother-in-law comes in the room <laughs> <laughs> i feel that and wants to know how you're going to support her what right. so it was there that i i decided that I was going to do something different with my life, or I wanted to have this new opportunity. And I created this list. And maybe gentlemen, you've heard of things called bucket lists, right? Yeah. And I hate that term because bucket list implies that you're going to die. And I wanted to create a list of things I was going to do because I was going to live. And so I called this list, my coming attractions, things I was going to do because <laughs> I was going to live. And I put number one of on the list was to walk because I thought that was a pretty good place to start. Good place yeah, to start. Um, I wanted to climb a flight of stairs, lift my children, go back to work, be with my wife, go see the Red Sox, and then I said, "I've done all those. Why don't I get a little exotic?" And I said, "I want to run a marathon. I want to climb a skyscraper. I want to do an Ironman, and the last one because I'm OCD. I need can't leave things with just nine. So number ten, I wanted to do an unprecedented swim, and I wasn't quite sure what that was at the time. I wrote on my notes, maybe the channel, but. But it turned out to be something quite different than that.
2: Wow. Amazing. How how old were you when this happened?
1: I was 35. And where did you swim? The first swim I did, I went from Point Judith, Rhode Island to an island in the Atlantic called Block Island. And it's about 13 or so miles. And I chose to do the swim entirely backstroke as a sign of solidarity for the spinal cord community. Wow, Uh, And I created a foundation with a group called Rise Above Paralysis. And anybody that's uh, in the New England area that has a spinal cord injury goes to this rehabilitation hospital, Spalding in Boston. And it's a peer mentoring group. And so if, for example, you have a C4 injury and they will pair you with somebody that has a C4 injury. And so you can speak the same language, so to speak, how to dress, how to clean yourself, how to react to work and, and the like. And then, the magic of this program is, after two years, they ask you to come back and pay it forward to the next generation of people with spinal cord injuries mm. injuries and so this seeing this group and the reason I got involved with them we we raised that swim uh, fifty thousand dollars to provide durable medical goods for people with new spinal cord injuries.
2: That's fantastic. So um, how do we go from there into Leadership and in, in the the podcast is all about leadership and helping leaders uh, learn new tactics and skills. How did you make that
1: transition? It starts with the 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 resilience that's required to overcome an obstacle and my obstacle was both physical and emotional, which was the paralysis. But I find that there are many managers and 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 people in today's society that have their own paralyzing problems You know that that and what I do is I try to reframe those problems into more simple concepts. And so I take something that might be complex for somebody and I give them a way to look at it. That's kind of simple, breaking it down for them, keeping it simple, stupid, so to speak. And in my role as a chief financial officer, graduate school professor, I've taken that now into businesses and seminars and conferences and the like, and, and brought that to them. And the podcast was a wonderful vehicle for me to memorialize these concepts that I was training with in corporations or speaking on stages for.
0: Great. Well, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to play like the first minute or so, basically the opening of the the show and the beginning of the show sounds like this.
1: Imagine that you are Rory McElroy, a national treasure, a hero to your hometown, your home country. Crowds cheer your name before you even make your first swing of the day. You acknowledge your fans and set in to perform your assigned task. The last time you played this course, you were masterful, better than masterful. You set the course record. Your chest is swollen to three times its size with pride in your abilities. You're on the first tee of Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland, and you just hooked your opening tee shot out of bounds. Then, even worse, slashed the next one into high Gorse, dashing your chances of winning the Open Championship and crushing the hopes of a nation who waited half a century for this moment. It sounds like a Greek tragedy you may have learned in high school. Welcome to Swimming in the Flood, a podcast where we develop the resilient leader's mindset by navigating difficult currents in business. My name is Trent Theroux.
0: And then it goes right into stuff. So, Eric, I'll let you start off.
2: I like the story. I loved just the the vivid way that you told it. You talked about, you know, this is the kind of waist high Heather that you'd see Sandy Duncan pitching wheat thins in. I thought the, the little pieces like that just really made that story come to life. I loved the beginning of it. And typically, I don't like to wonder where we're going with the story. But this story, you told it in such a way where it just sucked me along with it. I thought we needed a little stronger connection between the topic of this particular episode and the story because we just kind of left Rory hanging there and then we start talking about hubris and we get into it and we didn't go back and make that connection to the Rory story as strong as I thought we could have. You know, I don't, I didn't feel like you, you completed that circle for me as I listened to it. I love the story and I loved the way you drew it out if I changed anything about it, I would have changed the way you introduce Rory. You assume everybody knows Rory being a professional golfer, being that he's not as well known as a Tiger Woods or a, a Jack Nicklaus. I might have suggested that you describe championship golfer Rory McElroy at the beginning and kind of set that tone for leaders who may not know who he is. Uh, I don't expect there to be a great percentage of your audience being that you're speaking to leaders. And, and those are the folks who do golf, but there are some golf them, some fans maybe that don't golf and may not know who he is. So I would have made that connection a little bit, maybe give a little more background on him and just connected the, the story to the hubris a little bit more later in the episode. But otherwise, I love how you, we jump right into you're on the tee. He shanks his shot. Like the whole description of the story really,
0: really pulled me into the episode and I love the way it started. Yeah, I had the same thing. It was kind of like, "Oh, we're starting off with a story," and the same thing. You're you're kind of sitting there going, "Well, wait a minute what's What's going to happen next?" Which is always the the good sign of a a good story. So I, I thought that was uh, well done. the The only thing it's not a very long episode. You kind of come in. You uh, that's the one thing I liked about the show is you kind of come in you you kind of set up your point. Here's what we're talking about. In this case, it was you know, uh, ask your caddy or or pay attention. What's the actual phrase? Listen to, your Listen caddy. to the caddy. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of the point. And then the fact that you you kind of hit it and quit it, for lack of a, a better James Brown phrase, you know, about the time. No, <laughs> it is. Good. Here I it is. It. Here's some well, yeah, examples. It's,
2: it's 15 minutes. It's one. It's one point. And you know we're not teaching the, the ten steps to leadership. You right. get in, you make your point, and we get out. I, I, it's nice, short, consumable episode. I really appreciated that point of it.
1: And it, my, my my target is certainly to and, and to refine to to stay right at a ten minute mark. You know, so it so it's very di- my that's my objective. Good. Who's
0: who's the target audience for the show?
1: So I think I think it's it's managers who who are are on their way to becoming leaders. I think there's a gap between the two. And so I may I know people that I have that that listen to it that that fit into that. So, you know, it it's it's a harder thing for me, and I'm stuttering here, to say I'm uh, I'm at the C-suite level or I'm at the college level, but but it's certainly people who have made their way a little bit and need, you know, one or two more points to help them make it a little bit more.
2: Yeah, they always say it's lonely at the top, you know, because it, when you're the CEO, you don't have the other CEO that you can commiserate with. It's just you. And so um having opportunities like this to learn is uh, incredibly strong. The When you come out of that story with Rory and then you introduce the show and you tell them who you are and that you're here to develop the resilient leader's mindset by navigating through difficult currents in business, what I would have liked to have seen right there is today we're going to talk about what like that's could have been where you make the connection to the Rory story and the subject matter of today. Give that, give that lesson right up front. You know, today I want to show you the the power of hubris and that we don't know everything. And then, cause I, do you continue on with the Rory story after that introduction or is that where we go into your story of golfing? I can't remember. I think we go to the next piece. Yeah. Um so right there we could have set up that little that little nugget of here's how Rory connects to what we're going to talk about today. Well, that was one of my
0: questions is when you get into the golf story you say you you start off with I was golfing in Scotland. That's how you start off that story and it went on and later you you talk about how the You know, the the caddy was waiting with the right club and then the guy didn't choose it. Was that you or were you reading a story that the golfer whose name is escaping me now? Rory. Rory.
1: So so when we get when we get out of the opening, I go into explaining what hubris is because I finished before the opening. What what you know, or is it Greek tragedy? And I explain what hubris is. I talk about how we learned about it in Odysseus in in uh, high school and then I related it to CEOs how how hubris affects them and I use some study right. from the University of Missouri to uh, yep. to get there. The what I attempt to do is I give in each in each podcast I give this unscientific non peer-reviewed resilient leader theory on. And then it's what the message is hubris. And that's when I bring out my one point of the day. So this one is trust your caddy. So I haven't, I'm giving the theory first, the insight first, and then I tell the story about, about golfing. And I say, it's me. I say, I'm. it's me. So I'm if I'm not clear on that, then I have to be clear on my yeah, story.
2: When you start into that story, you say, I'm on this. I'm on the T and, and yes. I wasn't sure if you were in that part of Rory again, or if that was you, that was kind of confusing okay. to me as well. Sure.
0: Yeah. I, I actually thought you were, cause you started off talking about Rory. I thought you had like somehow found a story that Rory had written. That's what I'd felt too. And you were reading Rory's story. Cause that was going to be one of my things. I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I think, I think you, you make it sound like it's you golfing. And I was guaranteed you were somehow going back to Rory Mm-hmm. And, I think and because the two stories are so similar, yeah. I mean, they're both over in
2: in, in Europe and it, it's a very similar setting. Like you're both in trouble. There there are a lot of parallels between the two stories. And I think that's kind of what threw me off as well, because that's the story where you actually talk about the hip high heather. Yes. Yeah. And you get it goes, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I've been there. Just shut up and give me the club. You're like, damn it. Give me that other club. (laughs)
0: That's it. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, here's another kind of in the middle, just a little clip I
1: pulled. I'm now going to give you my unscientific, non-peer-reviewed resilient leader theory on hubris. Are you ready? Got those pencils out? Okay, here it is. Trust your caddy. You heard it. Trust your caddy. This theory has recently been endorsed by one North Ireland golfer with a big swing and impish good looks. The theory is simple. Here's how it works. Last week, I was competing in a golf tournament in Scotland on a wind ravish course named Golan, number two. So there were parts
0: of this that about, I'm going to say about 35% of the way through, my brain went, oh, he's reading this. It went from you talking to me to, okay, and and I think part of it is you're a speaker. I mean, that's really, you know, we're here to promote your speaking thing, and I'm like, this is, this is just a tad, for me, like, this is almost a performance kind of thing, and I was like, it's just like, mm, okay, and then I was like, all right, well, not a big deal, but that was the only thing, to me, I was like, oh, he is definitely reading this. And it's not like, it's not horrible because I've heard people that read things that sound like this and it's really bad because they're really monotone. But it was really at times like, holy cow, we are performing. And I was like, you know what? That's how you talk when you're on stage. But I don't know if it would pass what I call the dinner table conversation where you're sitting around and you're just talking to people. So for me, there were times when it just went, I'm like, oh, it's just a little performing, if that's even a word. Eric, did you get any kind of vibe like that?
2: It stuck out to me once or twice. The reading got a little stiff. It didn't feel like you were quite as comfortable with those passages, but the story was engaging for the yeah. most part. And so it didn't bother me as much. Like the whole first Rory McElroy part, we got through all of that. I was all good with it. You know, I could tell that. It it was read only because when you're, when you're speaking, there's little nuances that, you know, the ums and the uhs and the, the pauses for thoughts when you're coming off the cuff. When it's scripted or, or well rehearsed and you just rattle right through it, it's, it's the difference between a good actor and an average actor. You know, you can tell the actor's reciting line, an average actor, if he makes you really believe he's, Bought in, and he's there. That's what makes a great actor. And so there were only a couple times in there where it got a little stiff, but overall, I thought the story was engaging, which made me made me forget about it. I thought this part right here, where he we talk about hubris and the fact that it's common in most leaders, I thought that was a great connection to business. It kind of tied in our story to the business. And you're not the smartest in the room with the caddy. I think listening to that right there, Dave, the part that threw me off. Where I was, where I couldn't determine whether it was you, Trent, or whether it was Rory, was when you talked about it's been backed by a golfer with impish good looks, and I go, okay, well, Rory's a pretty good-looking guy, yeah, okay, so that's what made me think it was Rory. I mean, it was almost, you know, I can I understand what you're doing now. Now having listened to the story and and about halfway through it, when I realized, oh wait a minute, that's Trent golfing, that's not Rory. That's where it made the connection, but I think that part up there is what threw me off.
0: Yeah, um, when I when I listen to that, I'm like, oh, that's where I made the connection because that's it was where like it, yeah. it's been thing. And then, and I I thought that was kind of his way of introducing. And I think the, the reason is Trent. I know what Rory looks like. I don't know what you look like.
2: You know, when I'm listening <laughs> yeah. to the podcast, right? You know, so I think that's where you know you you said that line in a way which led me to believe I know. I know what the person you're referring to looks like. And because I didn't know what you look like at the time. And I did know what
0: Rory looked like. That's what made me believe it was him. Okay. It could be. And then I had to have this clip just because it's a great Clint Eastwood imitation. I know it's dirty Harry.
1: And he thinks this way about my humorous. Man's got to know his limitations. A man's got to know his limitations. And the thing
0: I wanted to point. Oh, I don't have you doing it. I cut so, it short. So oh. Dave, Dave, you thought that was an impersonation. That's straight out of the movie. That's well, the why I, I know, but I, I think later, don't you say yes. oh, man's got to know. And I cut that out. Yeah, but, but there is one problem with that clip and it's, it's not a, again, these aren't huge things is the fact that there are times in your podcast. Let me share my screen here real quick that your audio is a little on the quiet side. What I have for you listening at home on the left hand side of the screen, I have your actual audio and the little lines you see there are are that little line is six minus six. And it's weird in audio because you want to go up to zero. In fact, you don't want to go over zero. You want to get as close to zero as you can. So I always tell people your lowest level should be about minus six, probably go up to minus 12 would keep you safe. And anything above that. I know some people like shoot for minus three. And the problem with minus three is it's really easy to go over zero. And when you do that, you distort and there's no way to make it sound good. So in this case, the kind of the problem is the highest you get is minus six. And so when you played that clip, the first time I was walking around outside, it actually really had to strain to hear Clint Eastwood. Because if I had that little clip, you could see where it's really... The The line gets very, very small when you play that. So what I did is on the right-hand side, there's a really great tool called Auphonic. It's A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. I think you get three hours for free a month, and you can basically just run your audio through this, and it automatically adjusts the volume level. And so you'll see on the right, where now about the lowest the audio gets is minus six, and it is going up to like minus 12 and minus three. So it wasn't something that, I couldn't hear. I've had podcasts where I, if I listen outside, I'm like, I can't hear it. I'm in my earbuds are jacked up as loud as I can get. It wasn't that bad, but it was something I I noticed the minute it came on, I had to grab my volume knob and I was like, oh, okay, well, not a big deal. But there were times and it's, it's interesting because you, again, you're a speaker and speakers know how to use dynamics. And so there are times when you want to get quiet. And then there are times when you really want to, I, you should have heard the words coming out of my mouth on the golf course. And that's fine. But it was just one of those things that, especially for me, the Clint Eastwood one, I was like, that was, that was officially, I think a little too quiet. And again, it was a a half a second clip. So it's not, again, it didn't ruin the podcast, but I was just like, and then I I pulled up your audio and I'm like, this whole thing's just a tad. It could have been, you know, three decibels louder, and you would have been, you know, right where I usually recommend people to get. So it's just, just again, just I'm I'm kind of nitpicking, but it was just a little, a little quiet.
2: I love the fact that you included the Clint Eastwood clip because it adds a little more showbiz to the, mm-hmm. to the podcast. It adds another layer of depth to the content. And I I thought that was pretty cool. I appreciated the, the extra work that you went into adding that to it.
0: Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I'm seriously bummed that I didn't that I cut out your your <laughs> imitation. It was great. Do you want to uh, hear it again, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Do you the feel
1: like got to, to know his limitations?
0: And then the other thing that for me kind of just I went oh oh wow okay was you were talking about the golf story and then like just ran right into folks. That's it for the end of the show. And so I'm going to play the end of the show, but we're going to hear that transition. And when I because you were telling a story and you're doing something and you said, folks, and I was like, I was waiting for here, like your next point, like and folks, that's why you've got to listen to your caddy. And instead, it was like, folks, that's the end of the show. And I was and like, I was like, still like for me, I was like, like knee deep in story. And then all of a sudden you went, wham, we're done. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. So so the story's over. So there, I guess that's the point. There wasn't.
1: Well, you'll hear the story ends really abruptly in my Caleb. Opinion. Hand me the wedge, folks. Thank you for listening to Swimming in the Flood. Resilient leaders face challenging currents, and it's tough navigating. But with one tack or another, we can get there together. You can find more podcasts and videos on my website at trentthiru.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please tell a friend, share the link on your social media, subscribe. I spent some time last week training a graduate school that was going through organizational change. It was just a few ideas on how to better manage their workload. If your organization could use some outside assistance, just write to me at info at Send me a quick message if you have an idea that needs to be looked at through a resilient leader's lens. Folks, thanks again for listening. I look forward to getting together next week. See ya. And I, I just noticed,
0: listen to this. He does the thing that we all do. Let me see if I can restart this. When you say the name of your show, you say it really fast.
1: Caleb, hand me the wedge. Folks, thank you for listening to Swimming in the Flood. Swimming, s- swimming in the Flood. Whoa, okay.
0: And it's one of those things, Eric has the best line ever on this. Say the name of your podcast like you're saying something important. And it's because I think it's our brain that when we come to promoting ourselves, we're kind of like, yeah, yeah, it's just me, whatever. And I, so many people, I do a thing on my show where I, once a month, I have my audience chime in on an answer. And I'm here to tell you, everybody says, you know, this is Dave Jackson for the podcast region show it's like they just like they're trying to win a contest when they say the name of their show so but can you see kind of where it's like hand me the yes. wrench and then it was like folks wham and i was like oh okay.
1: well i i certainly um, there are two things i'm I, I can take there one is i want to be respectful of the time frame that i'm trying to build here and i know podcasts can go on like dan carlin for forever who six hours you. yeah by the way thank you for turning me on to him i'm on episode 48 right now <laughs> uh, since we met in january but but i'm trying to Keeps into that 10 minute, so people can know what they're going to expect for a little bit because I could, you know, I could ramble. And but but I appreciate that. I probably I certainly need to close the story and wind it down as opposed to sever it off.
2: Yeah. Um, In storytelling, a lot of stories end with something like that, you know, movies or things like that. It's, you know, no longer do we end a movie with the big scripty, the end like it, like we did back in the 40s. I don't necessarily have a problem with the way you ended the story. It just a a little longer gap between yeah. hand me the wedge. Oh, yeah, okay. And a pause, a beat, give me another beat in there and then say thanks for being here this week. You know, I really hope you took a little something out of the story we shared and then and then get into your clothes. Okay. So, I don't necessarily have a problem with the way the story ends. It's the way the story ends and crashes into your clothes mm-hmm. bingo. You know, it's like all of a sudden the commercials popped on right at the end and you're like, wait a minute, was that was that really the end? It's like the end of the Sopranos. You're like, hold yeah. on a minute. What just
1: happened? <laughs> right. Don't <laughs> right. stop <laughs>
2: believing Right. So through this entire episode, you do a fantastic job talking directly to me one-on-one. You know, when you're a leader and you're doing that, you're not, the, you're not the smartest person in the room and you're talking to me in a one-on-one conversation. We get here to the end and all of a sudden you start talking to folks. You start talking to this group. And I'm not listening to your show as a group. I'm listening to my earbuds, just you and me one-on-one having a conversation, very personal conversation. So avoid that group speak at the end. It's like when you're on stage and you're and you're talking to a group of 500, you want to make a connection with that guy sitting in row six, and you want to make him feel like you're talking directly to him and you're having a conversation with him. And he's like, preach on, Trent, I'm right there with you, right? But if you're talking to the group, you're not making that one-on-one connection like you would. So whether your audience is five or 500, make that personal connection. And And when you take out those group speak words, that will help you do that. Sure. Um, the, at the, the other, very end of the show, you say, See ya. I mean, that felt like to me, yeah. you were talking right to me. Hey, see ya next week. And, and then
0: like, the, yeah, the other thing, I'll be here. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out, Eric, what is the email that you give out at the end of your show? The email I give out at the end of my
2: show is, uh, Hey, if you want to reach me, it's all over at podcast dot
0: But it's coach at podcast talent coach, right? Yes, it's, coach. it's not, and why isn't it Eric? Because
2: Two reasons. One, I want to brand myself as the coach. And two, I don't want everybody emailing my personal email address. I want everybody going through the coach email address. See, I thought it was because
0: I, the only reason I remember that your name is spelled with a K. Oh, yes. Is because it's Eric K. Johnson. And that's why the K is there. Yeah. And I I bring that up because you said just go to Trent Thoreau. And I was in my kitchen (laughs) and I'm like, okay. T H E. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: Theroux, is uh, is that the common spelling or is that the the other spelling? Like it's like you might want to help a brother out when I'm All trying right. to go to TrentTheroux.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you might. might I'm going to change
1: my I'm going to just change my name to Stan Lee.
0: Stan Lee. Well, there you go. See, now something that's going to might... everybody up. Is there a why or not? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking because your website, we're going to get to that in a second is great, but everybody knows how to spell Swimming in the Flood. And I thought you might buy that domain if it's available, and then just email me, Trent, at com. You can get an email address that then forwards to your real email address. That might be something you do just to keep in the brand and and that whole nine yards. But my guess is you did not make this website yourself unless you're a, a web designer. I did not. Yeah, because your your website is when I went to this and I'm like, well, not really whole much I can find here to pick apart. It's it's beautiful. It's the thing I love about it is when you go right to it. And again, it's just uh, Trent Thoreau. How do you say your
1: name again? The, um, well, let's go with the rocks right now.
0: The rocks. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's T H E R O U X. Yeah, and you've got it right there at the top. Developing resilient leaders. Develop tomorrow's resilient leaders today. So right there, you you your message is just smacking my face as soon as I go there, and uh, it's it's got a lot of nice white space. You've got really good photography in it. You've got a video on the front. I mean, really, I just kind of looked at it and was like, yeah, that's good, and that's good. And then uh, you've got all these things at the bottom where you've been on all these different networks and you've been on TV, and just more uh, in terms of really positioning you. As like, wow, this guy's legit. That's that's really what your website just screams. Wow, this guy's legit. Yeah, and, and uh, so I thought it was great. And then you've you've got the videos, and I love the fact that you've got a keynotes link at the top. So right there, we kind of know, oh, this guy's a speaker because if you're not a speaker, you don't have keynotes on the. And you know what kind of speaker you are. You're you're a keynote speaker. And then you've got when you go to the about page. I think this is the one. Where, what is the, who's the superhero with the, with the cutlery? There's, there's somewhere on your, your website where there's a picture of you in your back.
1: Wolverine. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, Wolverine's the, yeah, he's got the knives. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And I think, I think it's, the cutlery. Yeah. <laughs> Eyebrow comic <laughs> book here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I forget somewhere on here, you actually have the picture of your back. And I was like, holy moly.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's one of the pictures. It's It's in one of the videos.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's in one of your videos. And I saw that. I was like, oh, my goodness. So, Eric, did you have any? I I really, I was kind of like, well, you got a search box. You got a about. You've got a podcast. Oh, that would be one thing I would say. If I And again, uh, this is nitpicking, is number one, you've done a great job. When you go to the episodes, you've got the player right at the top, and you're using Libsyn, which, of course, I work there, so I think that's great. But you also have done your homework, and all the buttons are there, on your your player, a lot of people don't do that. Although I don't see Apple, oh. I don't I don't see Apple or Google for that matter. But what I would also do is maybe at the bottom because you've got again, this is great for Google Juice. You've got uh, basically a transcript of the podcast. I might put links at the bottom because now that they've consumed the content, you know, if you say, hey, if you want more of this, click here to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not everybody is gonna know. Uh, that you need to click on this little button to okay. to do that, but I really couldn't find much. I was just like, "Wow, this is a really good website." Eric, any thoughts on his website?
2: I thought the the website really made you look legit. When I got on it, I was like, "Wow, how am I gonna how am I gonna pick this apart?" Because this is fantastic. The website looks great. I actually, when I originally wrote my notes, I said, well, nothing to change here. And then I said, well, that's not going to help anybody. So I dug and tried to find something to change. And I found two things, Trent, that I would recommend that you change. I went back and I looked at your, the sheet that you submitted to us. And, you know, your goal is to uh, get more speaking opportunities. And when I go to your website, I can't find a button that says book Trent. You know, the only thing I could find was about three quarters of the way down, there was a small line of text that said, keep going, keep going down, down, keep going down. Right here, oh. right under his picture there, it says, "Oh, what's that say? Book Trent, Trent for an hey. engaging talk on employee yeah. resilience. Whew. I mean, it, that's small. If you want, you know, if you're a speaker and that's what this whole page is designed to be, is like, book me to come speak to your organization. Somewhere up top, above the fold, I would have a big old thing that says book trend. Yeah, sure. I mean, make it clear because you can go to the about page. Like if you go to contact us, click on the contact page. This pulls up a nice box I can fill in. And if I scroll down a little bit, it says, what am I looking for? Uh, Speaking opportunities, podcast Mm. opportunities. You know, I can if I dig hard enough, I can find it. Let's make it easy for people. Like sure. one, one click and we're done. Sure. The only other thing I would change is when I asked you uh, when we first got on the call tonight is the podcast called Swimming in the Flood. Because when I go to the podcast page and I look on it, the episode we listen to is titled Swimming in the Flood. But none of these others on here say Swimming in the Flood anywhere. Which confused me is as, as to if the show was called that, or maybe it was just this so, particular episode.
1: You know, it's funny. Well, there, there is so there's the episode name with the number below it, uh, and you're right. The it's and I just recently, in the last month, changed because I had see this picture you're looking at right there, Dave. The swimming in the flood, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what goes up on Apple and, and Google and when you Spotify, right? But the, the developer had suggested to me what we need is something more keywords. And I use these, these next ones. So if you look through the one to the right of it, I'll use that box or that phrase as, uh, as, uh, as an insight tip that I push out for promotional. And then I say, Oh, this is my insight of the week and you can find more information. You can come to click, send people back here. So I'm trying to tie that together and I use that for newsletter as well.
2: Yep. I don't have a problem with that, but if we scroll all the way up to the top of this page, Dave, which is the podcast page, like the only place it says swimming in the flood is in the description. I would put swimming in the flood above it in the big, bold headline yeah, one I there where okay. it says podcast. Yeah. I would put that swimming in the flood. And then in the description, I would put a podcast with Trent Theroux, yeah. implement resilient leadership in everything you do.
1: I got you. Yeah
2: just so there's a little more billboard. Now, again, Trent, I had to search for something <laughs> not right with this website and it was difficult to find. Those are the only two things I can come up with because your website is phenomenal. And I love the picture of you. I don't know how you got somebody to get that photo of you in the pool, but man, the glare and everything in that photo just says badass and like, like, let's book you to speak today. I like sure.
0: it. Thank you so much. The, the other thing I... I forgot to to mention before that I thought you just did a great job of was at the end, you said, I was speaking with somebody as such and such. And it was, it, it was, you know, obviously you're, you're letting people know you speak, but it wasn't like a, I don't know. It was just, a it was, you, again, you were just talking to me. I was at a place and we're talking about such and such and such. And if you need help with that, and I just love the fact that it was such a, a low pressure and, and the fact that, oh, if if I hadn't figured it out yet, you're a speaker. And I hear a lot of speakers that start podcasts and they forget to mention, oh, by the way, I speak to people. And I just thought it was a nice pitch without being a giant pitch. And, you know, it was quick and to the point and And it was like, hey, here's what I do. I was talking to these people. If you need something like this, go to the website. So instead of doing a big, long drawn out, you know, this is, I, I walked, you know, I'm so great. This is why I'm great. This is why you should book me you're like, hey, if you want more information, go to the website. So that was something I thought, again, it was really just talking to the, the you know, you're talking to me again. And then like Eric said, I like the fact that it was like, oh yeah, I'll see you next week. See you. So. That was how something. Does, um, really how
1: does 10. So thank you. Thank you. When, when I was listening to you pr- present Dave, how does, how does 10 minutes, 10, 11 minutes fit in your, in, in Libsyn's world for ideal podcast time, which I think you had said was 25 to 35 minutes.
0: Yeah. Right now they just came out, uh, Edison research and Triton digital came out with this big study that the, it's not the share of a year. Maybe it is. Anyway, the average podcast listener listens to six podcasts a week. The average listening time is six hours and some change, which makes you think. They're listening to an hour-long podcast. So Mm -hmm. I always quote uh, Valerie Geller. She has a book called Beyond Powerful Radio that uh, says there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. So if you're shooting for CEOs, those guys are busy. Ten minutes might be perfect for them. You know, a busy mom. And it also depends, too, sometimes what your show, like what's the goal of it? I I used to listen. I can't remember the name of the show, but I can remember the, the agency was the Association of Christian Athletes and they did a show every day that was about two minutes long. And it was like, did you know that eating carrots is good for you? Blah, 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 blah. Carrots, 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 the Association of Christian Athletes. So I remember that because that's all they were doing was building their brand in my head Mm -hmm. so that if I wanted to go find something about health or whatever, I could do that. So I've seen people do that. They'll just, uh, I just want to reinforce my brand. And then other people, if you want to, kind of strut your look at how much I know, well, then they'll do a deep dive and they'll do a 40 minute podcast and really kind of show what they want to do. Eric, what do you think when it comes to length?
2: When it comes to length, I think it's all about your brand. Like when I tell you Dan Carlin has another podcast that he's published of hardcore history and you go fantastic and you go over to listen to it and it's 12 minutes long. What would you think? I'd like, be disappointed. in yeah. wh- What the hell happened? Right. Yeah. But if I say, uh, Hey, Trent has a brand new podcast out. Uh, he just put out a new episode, go check it out and you go listen to it. And it's two hours long. You would say, Trent, what the hell are you doing? Mm. Right. It's consistent because if you're talking to CEOs and they go, you know what? I'm going to go on my power walk here over lunch. I got about 10 minutes. Perfect. I'm going to pop Trent's podcast on. Cause I know it's 10 minutes. So, It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes or 30 minutes or two hours, as long as it's consistent and people get what they expect. Now, does that mean you can't break the rules? Absolutely not. You know, Dave's podcast, I know if I listen to Dave, it's going to be about an hour, but there are podcasts that Dave has done that have been an hour 30, hour 45. But at the beginning, Dave goes, hey, we're going to go a little long today because I got some stuff to talk about and it's going to take me a while to get through it. And I go, oh, okay. So I know this isn't a longer episode. But I know for the most part, it's going to take me two listens to get through Dave's podcast. I'm going to listen to half of it going to work and the rest of it coming back home, you know? Yeah. So I know, But sure. so as long as it's consistent, I don't think there's a right length. It's a consistent length.
1: Okay. Yeah. I have, I have one more question. The, the, the format that I use is in, and so this was episode 20 and I've doubled that now. The, and so I've, I've, fall into a rhythm of where I have a business problem. I have a corporate uh story that fits that business problem. And then a humorous anecdote that I try to wrap that in. So I try to, that's my, that's my format. We'll call it any thoughts about should, you know, more on one, less on another. You, you, you know, audiences far better than I do. My audience is modest. We'll say
2: having not heard the content, I can't I can't comment more on one, less on another. With regard to the framework, I like the consistency of that. I like being able to know that you're gonna frame the problem for me, you're gonna give me a, a business example of it, and then you're gonna give me a personal example of it to really bring it home. I like that sort of format. I know what I'm going to get. I like to be consistent. You know, when I tune on to Jimmy Fallon, you know, I like to know I'm going to get the monologue and then I'm going to get a funny skit and then I'm going to get two guests and then I'm going to get a musical guest and then we're going home. You know, if we came on and all of a sudden we had half an hour of a monologue and one guest and no musical guest, I'd like, what, what just happened to the show? Like it just, it went out the window. So I like that consistency. People are creatures of habit. So when you create that framework that, that can be predictable and then you fill it up. With unpredictability, that's when you get great content because sure. people know what they're going to get, but there's still an element of surprise by what you fill it in with.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you gentlemen you, uh, build your audiences?
0: How do we build them? Yes. One download at a time. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. No, it's just, you yeah, know,
2: beat me to it. Yes. It's it's like multiple streams of income. You build multiple streams of of guests. You appear on other shows. You get guests to appear on your shows and get them to share the content. You go, you go, uh, create community online. You go create community in real life at at conferences. You connect with people. You share. You give. You offer, and you know you deliver great content on a consistent basis that people can can recommend. Because if I say Trent puts out a great podcast, you ought to go check it out. But Trent's gone three weeks without putting out a new episode. People are going to go, "What? this guy hasn't published in three weeks. Like, why am I coming to check this out? Mm-hmm. So now I'm a little s- skeptical of whether or not I should be recommending your show. So if you're putting out consistent content on uh, on a regular basis and it's quality, and then you get people to talk about it, that that you just build it slowly. A lot of people think there's a magic button where all of a sudden your audience just shows up. Yes. Um, it's it we could only if it were that easy, everybody would be doing it. Sure. And and they would they would do it on a regular basis. But we become special by the content we provide. You tell great stories on your on your episodes. Your episodes are a consistent length with a consistent format, and you give CEOs and leaders useful information. Now it's just a matter of marketing your brand. Creating the podcast is twenty percent of the work, marketing is the other eighty. Spend 80% of your time just getting your name out there and and be consistent
0: with it. And you did it at the end of your show. You're like, hey, if you like the show, like tell somebody, would you? Like leave me a review, things like that. That really, it sounds silly, but so many people don't say, can you go tell somebody about the show? Because that's really, uh, Jacobs Media came out with a thing last year and they said podcast growth is 70% word of mouth. Mm, and absolutely. I think about it, most of the most of the podcasts that most of the new podcasts I listen to, it's because I've heard more than one person say, Hey, you you do this thing. Have you heard such and such? And like, uh, word of mouth, Dave,
2: word of mouth isn't just me telling you about it. It's hearing it on another podcast. It's hearing oh. it. You know, if your favorite podcaster mentions that I listen to a podcast, I go check it out. You know, if 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 I'm listening to Dave and Dave goes, I just heard another great podcast, it's called Yada Yada. I trust Dave. I'm gonna go check it out. So it's uh, social media from your friends. It's uh, another podcast from your friends. It's actually talking to your friends. It's seeing it mentioned in an article. It's people that you trust making reference to the show. Mm -hmm. And when you can get other people to talk about your show by doing something remarkable, then that's when you win. I'm of the belief that ratings and reviews don't do a whole lot because you don't know those people. You know, when I go on and I look at a restaurant rating and I see it's got seven people rated it and they all rated it fives, I'm going, well, yeah, that's his mom, that's his sister, that's his. I don't believe any yeah. of that crap. And you know, unless I know the person, I'm not taking the the recommendation. Sure. So I think you should spend less of your time on ratings and reviews and more of your time on the hey, go tell somebody about it. If you found this helpful, if you love this, tell a buddy, bring them along. More the merrier. Sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know if there are any kind of, well, especially right now, but if, let's pretend things are normal. If there are any kind of events where your target audience is going to hang out, if there's an event for CEOs or, you know, I mean, that's why I went to, I met Trent speaking at a, an event for speakers. And I was like, well, every speaker needs a podcast. So that's where I went. And I've gone to events for authors because authors want exposure for their books. And, you know, so I'm always going to wherever people want exposure and they want to get more of their their community and their tribe or whatever you're calling it this week and so i just go where they are and it's it literally is you know okay i remember once i went to a thing at the library it was all about seo and i'm like well people that want seo are trying to get more people to their website and all i did is at the end they said does anybody have any questions and i said yes i said my name's dave jackson i'm from uh, the school of com." And I know a lot of people have questions about transcripts. And I asked a question about transcripts, but that's all I said. That was the only marketing I did. I'm Dave Jackson from the school. of. Pod- I had five people at the end go, did you say you do podcasting? Huh. And, and it was just, so, you know, there were, I don't know, 35 people there, but I got five to ask me and I, I gave them a card. So it's just one of those things where it, it. I wish it was, you know, I'm looking to me, it's, it's gold plated and it's about six feet tall and it's a big giant switch that I could just you know, and ten thousand downloads come from heaven, but um, <laughs> it—I it, just haven't found it yet.
1: Eric, has yes. anybody told you, or I'm going to say it this way: you, rem, you, you, you resemble Les Nessman.
2: Les Nessman, no, probably because of the glasses.
1: WKRP <laughs> has, me, has me thinking of dropping turkeys out of a. So out of uh,
2: my hair's much shorter now, but it's when it was longer, it was uh, David Spade, oh. David Caruso or Michael What's-His-Bucket from uh, Sixteen Candles and all of
1: those films. Oh, So, so you're going with the heroes, I see. Yeah, yeah, I got the good guys.
2: That's it. David Caruso, I'll take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any other questions for us?
1: No. Gentlemen, this has been uh, fantastic, and I I appreciate the all the comments, the ones that make me uh, feel good and the ones that make me feel I have to go back and work a little harder.
2: You have a great show, Trent. I enjoyed listening to it. It was a lot of fun. You're a great storyteller. I love the way you write it. Tell me a little bit more. Be a little more natural and relaxed.
0: But your show's money. Keep it up. Love it. Thanks. I hope you both subscribe. Absolutely. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. You can find Eric at podcasthoundcoach.com. You can find Trent at trenttheroux.com. How's that? <laughs> I'm not even going to try Pronounce that, and definitely check. Definitely watch the video when you go to Trent's website. That was that's amazing, and you can also see him. and He's a great speaker. That's the other thing that your your video does a really good job, and you see you going from from kind of smaller where you're talking. I think in some cases with was it Boy Scouts or something like that, or there was a a group of kids, and then it was a big group, and it was like wow, he's he's just all over the place. So I thought that was great. And uh, if you're looking, uh, Trent's got the seat all warmed up. You can come visit us at podcastreviewshow.com and click on the review button. And uh, Trent didn't cry. We we still were waiting for that first person to just bust into tears. But thanks so much for uh, listening. And uh, we'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Podcast Review Show. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course, and it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book, and you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart. It's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for, absolutely free, and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas And an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course. But there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah, that's like, holy cow, it's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.